0: Well, I don't have a mic, so let's do it. It's not a mic for this. Hey, Ann, Does this play over? There's no mic, is there? It's just recording into this? Right. No microphone? No. Okay. Well, you flipped it on, right? Yeah, I mean here's the mic. Yeah. That's recording into this, but yeah. we don't hear it over here. No. Got it. I don't have a mic, you know. Okay. How do I stop this? Um. Uh. okay, it's just gonna keep going. That's okay. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. How are you all doing? I am not Pastor Josh. Mainly, you can tell because I'm a foot shorter. Today. Um, I think Pastor Josh is in Florida this week dealing with some family stuff. So let's make sure that we're in prayer for him. And he just reached out to me asked me if I would help fill in this week for him. As you know, I'm not in the class with y'all, but I'm happy to help Josh out when I can. Um, so my name is Scott O'Neill. Some of you know who I am, some of you may not. I'm just a member at Newcastle. Just one of y'all, and i um, so glad to be here with you. Um, young people should be in the front, eager, eager. Um, Josh was telling me last week that I think y'all were working through... The one another of burden bearing, and he gave you some homework. I don't know what the homework was, but he wanted me to uh, open up a conversation about your experience with the, the homework of burden bearing. I don't, I don't know what he was asking you to carry, but if anybody wants to start that discussion, then I'd love to hear how that went for you. One of the brave souls out there would be good. Yeah. system. into that burden with them. So let's just say that somebody's struggling through sin, which of course we're all doing that in various times. We want to be careful to um, carry that with them in a way that helps them walk out of that and be mistaken. Um, And I think that we rely on God and His word helps with that. Of course, so many great pastors and biblical counselors do that. But yeah, I, I I don't think it's a requirement, right? Um. Well, I just think having concerned about our reason why would I mean, Yeah so I mean, yeah anybody have a response I think um, if we remember Christ's words to Peter, after he's returned, Peter sees him on shore just on the boat. Peter, do you love me? Peter do you love me? what's Jesus' reply <laughs> yep. are, um, Jesus we, in the way we care for those who are his followers um, now Peter was in a leadership role but I think we can apply that in this burden bearing in the same way how do we seek to please Jesus by showing that we love those who are part of his flock. <clears throat> We're gonna talk a little bit about that today. Living a life pleasing to the Lord. Um, but I think it's important that we understand that um, the spirit in us compels us to want to walk alongside the Lord. It's it's not a requirement. The gospel removes requirements. Well, we need to really understand that the gospel removes requirements but fills us with the desire to walk with other people. And if that desire is to please the Lord in the walking, then we know that you're on the right path. Right. I think that's good. It's Anybody else? Thoughts about those Was there an exercise or a particular activity that he wanted you to do in his homework assignment for you? You aren't here. Thanks for calling me out. (laughs) (laughs) Anybody? No? Okay. Well, it's definitely something. It's a good thing. It's a good thing to invite people um, into that type of relationship. That's kind of part of what we're going to talk about today. If you would open our Bible to the book of Romans, and we're going to talk a little bit about the one another of love today. <clears throat> here we are, so we'll open up Romans chapter twelve. We're be as well. in verses nine through twenty one. There's a handout that's coming around. Um, and it's basically just a little introduction, a summary of the text, and some questions on the back side. Some the questions that I came up with yesterday. Some of them are okay. Some of them are yeah, you know, yeah. my wife was great to to with the good ones. Uh, so how to get there? Uh, I think that you know, while you're making your way to Romans chapter twelve, again verse twenty-one, I think that um, you know, the one answer of love—it's pretty significant, right? It's the, it's the one thing that that compels us to bear each other's burdens, right? To carry the load for one another. Um, We don't carry that alone, right? We carry that with each other as the Lord carries us, right? So, I think that all of us would probably agree that loving God and loving one another is a thread that runs throughout the entirety of Scripture. Um, We see a lot of things in Scripture. God's holiness, the glory of the Lord, His righteousness, His faithfulness. And I think that um, love is one of those things that permeates the Bible. And um, fun fact, did you know that depending on what version of the Bible, you have the word love in its various form. It, it definitely shows up more than 500 times in most of the mainline translations. There are some that say it shows up almost 900 times. I and mean, that is a lot of love. The New Testament of love over two hundred times. Just the New Testament Paul, Who I don't think is known for love. Loving Jesus, yes, but he's much more known for setting up structures and creating the right leadership and good thinking and good theology. Uses the word love. I think it was a hundred times in his writings. Jesus, fifty times. Declares the word love in its different forms in the Gospels of love. It seems to me, and I think all of you would agree, um, that love is a social thing. Actually, one of our apostles, apostles called the apostle Paul, the apostle of love, and um, I would say, I would argue with you that love is probably one of the most significant foundations in God's. Redemptive. Right? Um, God created it. And it was good and very good. And then man was tempted. And gave into that temptation. And sin entered creation. And then it was not good. And that separated man from God. Not, not good. But God's great love compelled, he reached out, I should say that he reached out to people all throughout the world with his arm of faithful love. And they and people came back to God, and then they would reject God and fall away. And then God, in the greatest act of love of all time, stepped into creation by sending his son, Jesus. And Jesus lived this perfect the Bible tells us where Jesus lived a perfect life, where he, where he loved God every moment of every day, every thought, every word, every action, was in an effort to love His Father. And the Bible tells us that because of love, because of brokenness. There is a, a penalty for our approaching, for us, and for disobedience, for being separated from us, for not being brought down. God, being so gracious and loving, sent Jesus to live that perfect life, to die that all-sufficient, atoning death, and to defeat the enemy of death by being raised from God. I mean, it's a beautiful plan of redemption. In every step of the way, every step of the way, it was being propelled by love. By love. And when you embrace that truth, when you are reconciled to God in Jesus alone, God graciously gives us gifts, and those um, no gifts are used to serve the Lord. And 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 the context of Romans chapter twelve is really talking. If you were to go back to Romans chapter 10 and 11, God is talking about really essentially the family of God. Um, There is a chosen people, and then there are people who are grafted in, and then there will be more people grafted back into the tree. And God has shown his great mercy and grace to people. And when he shows you his great mercy and grace, he gives you, he loves you in a way that... um, Helps you walk with him in faithfulness by giving you a gift. Yet every person in this world, if told you approach your praise in Jesus, to save you from the penalty of your sin and to offer you the hope of penalty, you have given with anything But the one gift that God gives to all of us people is the gift of love. Specifically, are the way we love one another and in the world around us. And um, I think what i like to do is read our text. Um, and then I'm going to walk through what you have in front of you is a summary of the text, kind of a verse-by-verse verse summary. We're going to do a, just a simple teaching today. And my hope is if you click over that page, you'll see 10 questions. And my goal here is not to stand up here and preach and the next 45 minutes. My goal is to create a conversation. And uh, we can build on one another's thinking together and try to answer some of those questions. Um, some of the questions, again, are not super great, but some of them are really, 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 really pedagogical. Okay, so let's read God's Word um, together. Starting in Romans, again, it's Romans chapter 12, starting at verse 9. I'm reading from the ESV today. The Bible says, Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in show honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in comfort. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to the Bless those who persecute. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with Wish the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, the Lord depends on you peaceably, the call. So Paul. Never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written. Vengeance. vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will keep burning coals on his head. Do not overcome do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Let's pray. So Father in you are in fact the God who has overcome evil by the goodness of your faithful love. So Father, as we walk through your word, Lord, and create a rousing conversation together, God. Would it magnify you, Lord? Would it magnify your son Jesus? And would the Spirit empower us? Would you and boldness to share that we've put on our heart, Lord? We thank you for this time, Lord. And we pray in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. So I think that I'm hopeful that a lot of you would say that love is the most illuminating characteristic that God produces in the life of those who follow Jesus. And unbelievers can can love, right? Um, They are affectionate people. Um, My mom was a lover of her family. But those who follow Jesus have a unique, kind of love. And that kind of love flows from genuine faith the first thing the Bible tells us that it does is it abhors what is evil and holds fast to what is good. And another way of saying that is genuine faith. True love hates sin and holds fast to righteousness. True love hates sin and holds fast. To righteousness. Righteousness. I remember i uh, hearing the story of, a, of an adult convert in Africa. I mean, you got to love adult converts. They are always so zealous for the truth and for the Lord, and um, it's different from it's different in a child that's going kind to of grow up in a family of faith. Right? right? Their faith is just as strong, it's just as faithful. But adult converts are just so zealous for the Lord. And, and there's a man who became a pastor. As he would gather together with various leaders in his church, and as conversations would arise, uh, and God would convict him of his sin, he would have to run out of the room because he would get sick over his sin. He'd have to run out of the room, go into the bathroom, and vomit because he was so sick over his sin. Um, Now I'm not asking you to start vomiting because that would be gross. But I would say that the idea of sin should really, really, we should really want to reject that idea. Right. And the truth is that, that I mean, of you still like things that lead you into sin. I think we're all struggling with something at some point. I and mean, if you're not struggling, if you're really not walking. To know that that God can overcome, He can transform things into righteousness. And it begs the question that verse begs the question what is genuine love? What is genuine love based on? Anybody have any thoughts about that? Sorry? Yes. That's what my wife said when I asked her that question. She's like, God. Okay. The love of God. Absolutely. Anything else? Anybody? What is it about the love of God that's so foundational? I would have a thought to answer that question. At least one of them. And love is based on us, the word of God. Right? We, we know what God has done for us. We know what God thinks for us from the Word of God. And we know what God is going to do. What He's done for us and what He will do to us based on the Word of God. Um I think that Genuine love is so clearly based on the person and work of Jesus, right? We have seen a kind of love that the world um, had never seen before, right? Um, And his work is a foundation of love. Love is in fact action, and God is very action-oriented, right? Um, He sends us, he sent his son, we're to love others, he loves us and he loves us in a variety of different ways of course and um, but the person and work of Jesus is a significant foundation for love um, here's a question for you how do our emotions how do our emotions corrupt genuine? how do our emotions corrupt genuine? That word selfish. It, it will convince us that something is very good. Give me an example of an emotion that convinces you that something is very good. What, what is that something that convinces you as good? our culture today. What would that be? It begins with an S. Ends with an X. What is the word? <laughs> Sex. Right. Our emotions. Healing, the love feeling, it causes us to forget what that loving activity is actually meant for. Right? It's meant for two two people in a covenant marriage for the joy of God. But that's what it's meant for. And the world corrupts that idea of love, especially when it leads to sex, right? Um, i got another one that just kind of popped into my mind. I don't know what you think about this. Discipline. How we discipline our children. And many of us are really, really heavy-handed with our kids. And we think that we're loving them with a real heavy I would say that the feeling that I get that I, I have to I have to discipline my children causes me to wrongly understand what loving and anger looks like. Anybody else? Just thoughts? I don't have all the answers, I promise you. We want this to be more than 15 minutes long. Just mm-hmm. get it. Feelings. Very good. I would say the feeling of fear when you're comes out is very hard to hear Yeah, that's really good In what ways can fear uh, In what ways would people take a On what ways would fear uh, try, I'm trying, trying to formulate a question on the fly I apologize um, well, I may want to back to himself selfish feeling like you need to be loved back in return for what you're getting. Mm. So. Yeah, First yeah, Corinthians 13. I think it, I'm not sure which verse it is, but it's there between 4 and 8. This idea of you love and don't expect love in return. <laughs> and that's the idea of love is that it is without expectation. Right? So, yeah. I don't get what I want in return. That changes my understanding of what love really, what love really is, right? So, um, I would say to you that um, a good, <laughs> a good question I'd like to ask you is: um, if we struggle with love, we know that. We know that emotions can be hurdles for our love. How do we cultivate a life that pleases the Lord as we try to love other people? What kind of things can we do to cultivate this idea of of a genuine love for other people? There are limitless in burning bearing, right? This is an act of love that we do for other people, and we do it without any expectation. Right, nothing in return, just as an act of love, or some other ways you can um, cultivate that love that pleases the Lord in the act of loving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's important to understand what God has gifted you with, and to use that, as First Corinthians fourteen says, to encourage one another. All of those gifts, right, to encourage one another. That's a great way of living a life pleasing to the Lord. Um, i got a question for you. Uh, And this might not be a question that we can answer today. Feel free if you want to. But it could be kind of a take-home, think about of question and meditate. Look at your life in light of this question. That is, how is what, question number two, how is what you consume in life? So many things. I mean, we have a consuming like social media, social gatherings, movies, podcasts, parties, and other platforms. How are those things reflecting? How is your response to those things reflecting your hatred for the things that are evil, sin, and your love for the things that are good? Right. Anybody have a thought on that? You're welcome to just take that question home with you. It's okay. You can do that. I know it's a thought-provoking question. And I want you to feel free to offer a perspective. All those things can be good, to a degree, but I can't agree to it. out of <laughs> yeah. Out of control. You get started on something and you can't stop. Yeah. I'd like to think the same thing is true for neighboring or helping somebody who needs visiting somebody in a nursing home. Yeah. <clears throat> I will say this, and I think this is an important thing to understand is that um we can't think that we're that we're strong enough to do to to consume alone. We're just not strong enough to withstand the temptation um, with all of the things that are swirling around you, right? I think I've learned that over time. And my wife would say that garbage in is garbage out. Right? What you consume, what you take in, you will ultimately give out. You may not give it out immediately, Right? I mean, there are a lot of people that are watching pornography and still loving their children. Right? A lot of people are doing that. But eventually, the presumption of that will overwhelm you. Right? And you will probably have a great fall as a result of that. And life will get really slippery as a result of that. Right? Don't walk alone. Don't walk alone. Um, and just as a family loves one another, we must always look for opportunities to lift one another up, right? Verse 10 and 11, or verse 10 says, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. So I have a general question for you, and I'll let you think about this for a minute. What does love look like in your family? Just, just the history of your family think about that for a second and for me and my family it's, I have two things that come to mind um, I'm from a non-christian family but my mother as broken as she is tried to love her children well and she was super gracious super gracious um, I remember one of the time one of those times when I was in my rebellious stage those early teen years one of those in my home by the way. Um, and I had, um, uh, my sister and I, my sister, almost every year, maybe every semester of the school year, she was allowed to have a skip day. <laughs> she was such a good student. She was never late on homework. She got great grades, was the model daughter. And um, I love my sister. She is the right um, But I decided that I wanted to have a skip day myself. So at this, at this stage, I was probably in middle school and my sister was driving. I was not driving, although she did let me drive sometimes. <laughs> uh, and I decided that I would have had a skip day. So my mom left early for work every day. I mean, 7 o'clock in the morning every day. Worked hard for her family. Um, but I decided that I would just walk on by the bus stop and eventually kind of make my way around to the house right nobody would see me everybody from my immediate neighbors and i walked through a neighborhood and the neighborhood across the street 13 year olds are kind of dumb sometimes and i just assumed that nobody knew who i was over there although i had like 172 friends over there so i'm walking through the neighborhood i eventually make my way Walk in the door and I'm, I'm feeling pretty sweet, right? I just do everything. Walk in the door, we go, kind of go in the breezeway past the washer and dryer, into the kitchen, and my mom is just sitting right there on the table. She's just sitting right at the table waiting for me. Wait. And if you knew my mother, you would probably call her a bit of a spitfire. She's a pill. And she's about four foot ten. Now she's probably like four foot seven. because She's <laughs> 75. She's lost a few. Inches. But she just sat there and looked at me. And all she said to me was, are you ready to go to school now? <laughs> and she just got in the car and took me to school. You know, she never said anything to me. Right? My mom always let the doctors be the discipline. Right. She wanted to be the one to get it first, and she did it so, so well. Um, another quick story, real quick, started. My brother, sibling rivalry is awesome, right? I and mean, it's awesome, and it can get a little out of hand sometimes. But my brother and I grew up in a sort of soccer-playing family. He was, he was really good. in Germany um, later in his life, and I had the very privilege of learning from him. And, and um, it was a major rivalry. I'm a bit of a competitor when it comes to sports. Not so much anymore. You know, my knees and my hips aren't as good as they used to be. But I was really a competitor with him. And we would go back and forth, back and forth, and, and give each other a hard time. But what I always found interesting about my brother is that even to this day, when we talk about those times, he was so much better than I was. I mean, him and his friends, they would invite him to play, and they just... They destroyed me on the soccer field. And I think they really enjoyed it. They loved, they loved putting me on the dirt. And I learned a lot. I learned how to play well and aggressively through that. But every time we gather together, we talked about sports. My sister was a field hockey player, and sports were a big thing. I know I don't look like much of a sports guy. But I really was, I promise. Um, but every day, every time we get together, the conversation with sports comes up. And my brother always, always tells everybody all the time, he was so much better than I (laughs) was. He's so quick to to lift me up above himself. Right? Um, And you want to know why? Because verse 10 talks about something that's so important when it comes to affection and honor, is commitment. We need to be committed to one another. Committed to one another. Um, it's such an important and compelling thing. So tell us some things about what one looks like in your family. Just good things. Good things about family. Um, feel free to hey. when they realize how that will <laughs> Yeah Yeah, Yes, yeah, great. I love this idea of fellowship, being together. Um, encouraging strengthening one another, one another. I, mean, I think for all of you who are parents, I think if you're anything like me, my chief desire is to make my home be the place that my children want to come back to. Right? Now listen, i give my children, I've given them 10,000 dollars to not Jesus. But God is gracious. God is faithful. <laughs> he lets them see what he wants them to see and he gives them from what he wants the children to see. But I want, I desire for my home to be a place that they want to come back to Maybe, maybe I, I need to go get rest and comfort. Right? And I want you to, to go home to get that. Um, so knowing that encouragement, guidance, fellowship, strength and comfort, commitment, right? How can we, how can we um, use those gifts or that gift of love and be to pour out from that love uh, as we serve Jesus in our local church? In our local church. How can we encourage our local church? What are some ways we can do that. Anybody? right? Yes. Having an inviting spirit is so good. Right? Having an inviting spirit is such a great idea. Anybody? It says, take the lead in honoring one another. First mover yeah. um, of love for each other. Yeah. Not just reciprocating what it's been given to you. Yeah. Yeah. Seeking how I can do that for right. somebody else first. Right. Yeah. Looking for opportunities. And there's always opportunities, right? There's always ways. And we want to, when, when, when I hear what you're saying, okay, I just want to look for ways that I can encourage you, come alongside you, comfort you have to be proactive in my desire to do those things with you, right? Not reactive, although reactive love is great, right? And it's a wonderful thing to try to be proactive in your of lawful in zeal, but fervent in the Spirit serve the Lord. I think that our proactive desire to love one another, to embrace the church, to love our family looks like a ministry for Jesus. Right? If If you're wondering what your ministry for Jesus is, loving your family, your nuclear family, loving your Christian family, right? These are, these are, this is ministry for the Lord. There's no lack of ministry to do in the body of Christ. There's no lack. If you're wondering what you want to do or how you should how you should use your gifts, certainly start by looking for ways to love one another. Be proactive in that. I think that's a really good, really good choice. Um, And every time we're looking for love, we're always going to encounter people that are going to go through trials, right? And when trials come, I think verse 12 tells us to renew our joy by, by three things. Remembering the promise of heaven. What? Anybody? Give, give me a promise of heaven. Somebody give me a promise of heaven. No pain. No pain. No suffering. No, suffering. no, no sin. New body. New body. Resurrection. Resurrection love. Right? No tears. I will never leave you. Yes, yes. <clears throat> Jesus, the promise of Jesus, right? First Thessalonians chapter five, verses nine and ten. Um, I, I had it right there in my mind, and it left me. I apologize, but um, uh, I wanted to turn to it because it is. Uh, It is probably one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. For God has not dedicated to verse 9. Chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians. But to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us so whether we are awake or asleep we might live with Him. And the promise of heaven the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow is life with, with Jesus. With Jesus. Um, keeping Jesus in view helps us to remain steadfast. That's what it says there in verse 12, right? Be patient in tribulation. First way to be patient in tribulation. Uh, the first one was first Thessalonians chapter five. Verses nine and ten, and now we're we're back in Romans twelve again. Um, what are some ways we can be patient in tribulation? man, or a man that lived on the coast of Scotland, and it was a Bible study that him and his local church were in, and um, the pastor said to him, tell me some of your favorite verses in the Bible. I want to know the words of God that really, really encourage you and keep you calm when things go wrong, and a a well-known man had been in the church his whole life now in his forties, long-time member said this too, right? And the preacher was really, really sort of behind that because there's so many verses in the Bible. Um, and he asked, "Brother, why is it thing so important?" Why does that particular phrase, that verse, if this too shall pass, is, is in so many places in the scripture. Why is that so encouraging? Because when I go through diff- difficult times, the Bible says, this too shall pass. And some of us are going through some really difficult times. We have, And we've been going through them for a long time. But someday, and that's so encouraging. An application at the end of the day, and then we go to bed because they were not home yet. Yes. And then in the morning, I will come to And I only stopped because I were not to with them. But <laughs> Why did you get you yeah. Small, and you're like, it's bothering you the whole day, but you just gotta take a step back. God's got it, right? Yeah, and I think verse 12 is it verse 12? Um, verse 12 really, really talks about it. It says, Be constant in prayer. When I think of prayer, I think about staying focused on the right? If we stay focused on the Lord, um, it'll make those times a lot, a lot harder. So I think what I'm hearing is that if we're going to love one another through difficult times, we want to um, encourage their faith. Continually point them to the gospel of Jesus. Um, the Bible says he, he is with you and will not leave you. He goes before you. He surrounds you. Right? I mean... Uh, we have a glorious and gracious God. But I want to encourage you. We I mean, actually, you know, I'm going to get through all of this and I'm okay with that, but this is really important. Christians say this phrase all the time. That's i that 75% of the time you don't actually end up praying for people. So I just want to encourage you. Don't say you're going to pray for them. Put your arm around them. They are, in fact, your brother and sister. You're going to worship the Lord forever with them. Pray for them. Trust that God will give you the word, right, in your, in your time of need right? So pray for them. Put your arm around them. I mean, this is one thing I think that, that, um, that people see when they walk into a local church. Right? Because they're probably loving one another by I'm willing to pray for one another. Right? Um, another thing is if you've heard about somebody that's going through a difficult time, we love to text, and I love text messages. Hey, brother, I'm praying for you so refreshing, so thankful. Maybe you could text a prayer instead of saying, oh, text a prayer. The beauty of text prayer is that you can really take your time to think about what you want to say. Right? Mrs. this is great. And there's no nervousness, I don't know what I'm going to say, or how I'm going to say, what scripture should I point them to? You know what I mean? Um, I totally missed the mark. You can take your time and, and say, God, i word right in front of me, I've got the spirit in me, I know you have a prayer to encourage this person through me, and just give that to me, so I can give that to them, right? Just, just do that, right? Um, let's be done with the saying I'm going to pray for you, but let's just, even if you got, you can, God can move in 15 seconds, I mean, he can move in, in an instant, of course, but time is not really the issue right? But I think trust is maybe more of the issue, right? Let's take courage. God has given us power to pray for people. Let's do that. Let's pray for people. So, so, so important. <laughs> um, because we got to understand, right? Um, verse 13, that the gift of love is not just for yourself. But you are, in fact, called to love everyone else. So let's continue to look for ways to love one another with all of our resources and invite others into our lives. We're probably going to stop on this first. And I'm sorry that we didn't get through the whole thing. But I I want to ask this question. In what ways can we love others with our resources? In what ways can we love others with our resources? This is question number five on the back of your hand. In what ways can would love one another with these horses? Anybody? Well, that's good. Sometimes people have a financial need. This is a wonderful way. children with the just sitting there What does it mean to invite others into your life? I use the word hospitality in the text. But what does that really mean? What does it really mean to invite somebody? I mean, To me, hospitality. Let me explain. Hospitality. I think that in the modern church today, certainly, hospitality is inviting somebody over, inviting somebody over for dinner. You know, hospitality. You open your home. of your house that we need to open, but it's the door of your heart that we need to open. Okay? So what is does what is inviting people into your life like that? Do so you talk about buying, buying money, resources, right? Stand right and here. These are true. I have going to be a good guy. Agreed. 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 I would say that, if I may, the that I've left is um, inviting someone into a loving relationship. It's not really a relationship if you just have dinner with somebody every once in a while. You're walking with somebody. Now you're inviting them into your life because you're inviting them into the good and and the bad. I talked about this earlier that if I've learned any lesson in my Christian walk, that is I cannot walk it alone. I can't walk it alone. I can't fight the good fight of faith without somebody walking with me. Right? Cannot walk it alone. So, so very important. Um, any other ways we can invite people into your life? How about your community? Mm-hmm. The neighborhood? How can you invite really like them into your life? are great ways to start cultivating relationships? Mm-hmm. the well, top groups do that pretty well. Can you? Yeah? yeah? Yeah, any opportunity we can grow with a group of people, this is a great opportunity, right? to pray over one another, to be prayed for, to be taught well, to create one another. It's great things to do, as we're loving one another. Um, Like a lot of us, we probably listen to, we have a lot of different resources that we listen to to get biblical understanding. And Doug Wilson is a crazy Presbyterian in Idaho. I don't believe everything that Doug Wilson says, but he uses this phrase militant hospital. And what that means is that your house in the military is a house that everybody's invited to. Right? Everybody's invited to. Put the burgers on the grill and the drinks in the cooler and and always be willing to have people walk in the front door. That the door is always open for all people. Not just Christians. Because we're on mission. We're on a rescue mission, church. We're on a rescue mission. And we can't rescue people if we're not walking with people. If we're not reaching out to them. So find creative ways. Find creative ways to reach those people out. Right? More than just the occasional dinner. Which is, by the way, super awesome. I've been invited to dinner to some of your homes, not uh, not in this house, in this room, but I'm always so refreshed when I'm sitting at the table with someone. Just had dinner last night with somebody, and it was such a glorious time. Time of great refreshment. But find creative ways to invite those people around you. And then invite them to church. Right? You build that relationship. I don't even really want to go much beyond this. It's already 10. It's almost 10:30, and um, I apologize we didn't get through all the text. But thank you for some of your wonderful comments. Um, feel free to. Um, this is meant for you to take home to consider and think about. But I do have I do have a little bit of home, for you. In the spirit of kind sort of what we talked about a little bit um, this week, I want you to do two cases. You don't have to report to me if you don't. Um, But I want to encourage you. I want want to encourage you to do two things. Pray for someone with someone. In the church. Find somebody. Talk with them. Even if the conversation is super awesome and life is going well, pray for that person. And then pray for a neighbor. Reach out to a neighbor. Put your hand out. Walk with them across the fence. You see them in the driveway, right? Start a conversation. Pray with your neighbor. That's my encouragement for you this week. Um, Josh will be back next week. Thank you so much for your time. I know we didn't get through it as quickly as probably he would have, but hey, it's okay. So thankful. He'll pray for us if you don't mind. Um, and then we'll get on out here. Father, thank you, Lord. Um, Thank you for the gift of loving one another. It is a grace gift. Pastor Kevin has said that so many times. It's a grace gift that I'm so thankful that you poured it out on all of your children. Lord. So, Father, help us, empower us to love one another well and to love our neighbors well, God. There's so many hurting people. Lord, would you give us courage Would we look at one another and find courage in the way they are reaching out to people with God? Father, help us. Help us to care about those people around us. Father, we want to do these things for your glory. Father, we want to magnify Jesus Christ and make his name great. Father, help us to do this. Lord, we pray his powerful name. Amen. (laughs) Thank <laughs>